You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. It seems like the the confidence and poise comes from your upbringing. Like, is it is that a cultural thing? Um, you you've spent time in Alabama. You spent time in Miami. Do you think it's a cultural thing or what? I I would say it's 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 a cultural thing coming from where the places I've been at. Correct. I would I would definitely say Alabama has had a lot to do to do with with all of that. Right. You're just surrounded by first round draft picks mm. and you you have guys that I mean at practice they they talk their talk and if you can't back it up <laughs> you know then don't don't talk. Um and that that was kind of the thing. Like I wasn't much of a talker mm -hmm. um when I was at Alabama. So when I'd hear guys talking, kind of the notion was like, okay, like I felt like uh, you know, I'm I'm a silent assassin. Right. So I'm going to go for this guy now. Right. And then you go for him in practice, and then they start arguing with other guys. But you know, like, it's just for your clarity. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I started that. Like, that's, that's what you get. Okay. 
Season coming up for him. Hey, welcome to the Jay Barker Show. It's Matt Coulter, Lars, Jay, Alex. I want to. Can anybody find the thief that stole June? I swear it's July first, and I don't know where June went. Welcome to the program, Jay. Do you feel like this is one of the fastest months passed in your lifetime? Because I do. There, no doubt. It's it's been uh, crazy how fast it's gone by. But uh, also, uh, I want to uh, say July 1st, my sister's birthday. So congratulations her. Happy birthday to her. I won't tell her age, but uh, she's traveling and uh, out in Dallas uh, for her birthday this weekend and traveling over to Oklahoma to spend time with a friend, a childhood friend of ours, who actually her birthday is the same birthday as mine. I have an early birthday celebration for her. But, um, yeah, so it's a great day for her. Can't believe it's July 1st. June has flown by. we got SEC Media Days coming up very, very soon. So a lot of great uh, things going on. I know I hear the big echo as well coming from uh, Lars. I just saw his text. So hopefully we get that fixed uh, before uh, the next uh, few uh, minutes or whatever. But, uh, yeah, hard to believe. June is done. July is here. A lot to get into today. And, yeah, Tua did or does sound a lot older, as you said, a lot more mature uh, even than he did at Alabama. I swear I didn't recognize his voice. I went, wait a minute, whose podcast is it? Who's that? Uh, but then, you know, he started making references to Tuscaloosa and Alabama and all that. Went, well, that's Tua. Uh, I, I hope that the maturation that you hear in his voice comes across on the field. You know, his numbers are not bad at all at Miami. But now, with his weapons, Lars, with your guys at wide receiver, Lars Anderson, Tua... Better throw up some really good numbers. More importantly, you got to win. Yeah, and it's uh, – I mean, his numbers are okay. and um, But he also got pulled in the fourth quarter of several games because they didn't trust him. And um, they didn't trust him to, to lead the team back. But now with the addition of Tyreek Hill, with uh, Jalen Waddell having another year in the system – He's got arguably the two fastest wide receivers in the league. And I know he did talk about consistently underthrowing Hill in practice. And in, there has been some chatter about that and, and some chatter about Tua's arm strength. And, you know, we'll see where it is. But, you know, I, I think he's adjusting to uh, Tyreek's speed. And, you know, they, they upgraded the offensive line. They spent a lot of money on the offensive line. They have a really good tight end. I mean, there is no more excuses, you know, and, and I think uh, and, and Jay's talked about this, you know, the injury he suffered at Alabama. We all knew it was significant, but I don't know if we fully grasped just how significant because let's let's be honest. He just hasn't been the same player since that that really bad injury. But, you know, hopefully now with a, another uh, offseason of, 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 of rehab and, and strengthening, uh, that hip and that sort of his core that um, that he'll be ready to go a hundred percent on on the physical side, and um, you know I'm sure Alabama fans and and just all fans in general are, are looking forward to him because he's such a good guy. I mean, there's no debating that that Tua is a good good person, and also he's uh, you know created the 
I would argue the greatest play in college football history uh, on second and 26, Matt. I want to ask Jay, and, and you bring up the out-throwing or under-throwing receivers. Jay, I think if my memory is any good anymore, perhaps the fastest wide receiver you had at the University of Alabama, it may have been different at CFL and XFL and all that kind of stuff, but it was probably Kevin Lee. Did, That's right. Did it take an adjustment? Did it take an adjustment uh, for his speed as opposed to the other wide receivers who, you know, were a little bit slower? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to get the ball out a lot quicker for him on a, on a deep route um, so that he could run underneath it and not feel like he had to slow up for the ball. Um, you know, he was definitely the, the speedster. Um, you know, yeah, I think Curtis Brown was more the perfect route runner. Todrick Malone had, had a lot of speed, a great route runner as well, just a big play guy. Derek, uh, uh, Derek Lassie. I mean, Derek Lassie. Uh, uh, um, Palmer. Uh, and you look at just everything that he did. Um, you know, he was unbelievable. Just the amount of what David could do on the field as far as catching the ball at a screen or, you know, quick stuff. He was that kind of guy that could get open space, could make an outstanding catch, could catch things uh, in space that were tough, uh, tough throws or, or places where you had to place the ball that he could get to and make that great catch. And he could turn a five-yard, you know, hitch into a 90-yard touchdown because he could, he could make people miss and was such a great return guy. But, yeah, Kevin was definitely uh, the speed guy. And, you know, that adjustment just comes through work and through experience and time together and developing that chemistry. And I think that's what uh, Tua, Tua is getting now, and and especially with a guy like Tyreek Hill. The best thing about Tyreek Hill is that you got Waddle on the other side. you got the two fastest probably wide receivers in the NFL. You know, how, how do you cover them as far as safeties? I mean, that's going to back the safeties out of the run game. It's going to really push the top off the coverage when it comes to throwing things, whether it's drag routes, whether it's crossing routes or dig routes, coming across the middle of the field. So I think for them, they really added a tremendous weapon to it. Two has got everything surrounding him now, and now it's just about the offensive line. Can they protect him? Can he do a really good job as far as picking up blisses? And Because uh, a lot of teams are going to say, look, we're not going to let you have the time to get down the field. We're going to have to come after you in order to uh, get – so he's going to have to protect himself get the ball out quick, and let those guys make plays in space. Jay, a quick sidebar. I don't know the answer to this, and quite honestly, never asked it. How fast was David Palmer? Did, did you ever – anybody ever put a clock on him in the 40? We know that laterally he could stop and turn on a dime and give you change. But I never really thought of him as having like 4-3 speed. Did, did Beebs ever put a stopwatch on him? Yeah, I, I want to say but it was probably high four fours or maybe a four five, and, and I'm not sure what he ran at the combine. But I, but I would tell you this: if you're chasing him or if he's on the field and he's in pads, he's kind of like George T. George T. was the same way. George ran probably a four 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 five, but uh, when he was chasing Lamar Thomas down, he was running about a four two. Uh, just great competitors and he could turn it on when they needed to to make guys miss. But David just had the stop start ability. I mean, he can make guys. I mean, he could stop on a dime. Uh, I think I've shared this before. We were playing a. Uh, a Nerf game. Uh, we had a Nerf football. We were out in the parking lot behind Bryant Hall, right there between Bryant Hall and the attorney houses. And we were playing, and uh, I threw a pass that was going, you know, he, he was going to go into a truck. And I was like, stop, you know. And he catches the ball, stops on the dime, turns. And I'm thinking to myself, I've just killed my, you know, best player on the team and uh, <laughs> never hit the truck. Greatest player I ever saw him make in college. And it was in the parking lot at Bryant uh, Hall. Actually, I don't believe you have shared that with. You almost <laughs> injured 
the deuce and potential championships with a Nerf football in the back of Brian Hall. Uh, no, I, I promise you, I, I hadn't heard that. Uh, anyway, hey, there is still a lot of fallout and, and a lot of discussion uh, concerning yesterday's huge news that USC and UCLA are leaving. And now it's official, I guess, as far as the Big Ten is concerned. They have accepted. Uh, okay. Is that breaking news? Wouldn't you? But uh, they are going to go and play as soon as 2024. I wonder what the, the, the fight back is going to be from the Big 12. What is the future of the, of the Pac-12, I should say, and the Big 12 and the ACC? And is this just going to turn it into a free-for-all where we eventually end up with four different conferences, super conferences, or as I kind of look down the line, guys, we're going to end up with a pair. Uh, I think that's it, and I'm not sure. In fact, right now, in my chair, I don't think that's good for college football. Not the mid-range folks, anyway. Uh, there you have it, but Herb Street has some comments. Jay has some comments. Lars has some comments as we continue on this, the Jay Barker Show. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. Today's high 89, the low tonight 71. Very similar weather tomorrow, partly sunny with scattered showers and storms by afternoon, the high 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. In that practice, they, they talk their talk, and if you can't back it up, <laughs> you know, then... Don't don't talk, um, and that that was kind of the thing. Like I wasn't much of a talker mm-hmm. um, when I was at Alabama. So when I'd hear guys talking, kind of the notion was like, okay, like I felt like uh, you know I'm I'm a silent assassin, right? So I'm gonna go for this guy now, right? And then you go for him in practice, and then they start arguing with other guys, but you know, like it's just for your clarity, like oh yeah, like. I started that. Like that's that's what you get. Okay. That's more Tua. I believe that's on Tyreek Hill's podcast. He's just talking shop, talking Alabama. Which you know, and I understand why guys like that don't single out by name. You know, he knows who he's talking about, but I want to know who he's talking about. What secondary, what, what corner was he talking about challenging? You know, sooner or later, we're going to find out. Welcome back to the Jay Barker Show. I'm Matt Coulter. Alex Bauman's in the studio with me. And then on location, we have Jay Barker and Lars Anderson. I'm not sure how the communication process is going here. Jay, you got me? If so, lead off our sponsors and let's talk about Herbs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first of all, thanks to uh, our presenting sponsor, Top Golf Birmingham. And over the Fourth of July weekend, if you want to get out and have some fun with your family, coworkers, or friends, and 
uh, just have a great time. Great food, great uh, uh, drinks, and as well as just a great time uh, playing the game of golf and uh, the target shooting and just going up there and gripping and ripping and having a lot of fun. You're going to laugh and cut up and laugh at shots. You're going to cheer shots. And uh, more importantly, just going to have a ton of fun at Top Golf in Birmingham. We're driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. You'll see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Yeah, this UCA, uh, UFC and UCLA moved to the Big Ten. Um, Kirk Herbstreit says, I don't think we're done. Uh, that's one of his comments or one of his quotes. Um, and I'll go through everything that he says here. But there's also some other issues they're dealing with with the state as far as UCLA being part of, um, of, of the state school system. Uh, Cal is a part of that as well. USC is a private institution. There are some not only issues there, but also travel restriction issues that they kind of put on themselves. I think back in 2015, based on some different, um, um, let's just say, social uh, things that, uh, that other states are maybe not as as uh, in the same thinking or the same lane as California. And uh, I said, look, they're going to restrict uh, athletics or other things to travel into the states and, and participate. So a lot of hurdles still to be be done, even from the state level. But Kirk Herbstreit had this to say, and we got Matt Fink is going to be joining us at 1230, who played at Ohio State, who knows and uh, uh, Kirk Herbstreit and those Kirk, and we'll get his thoughts as well about the impact for Ohio State, the Big Ten, what this means if UCLA and USC uh, do end up being a part of this conference in 2024. But Kirk went on to say, quote, and honestly, I think that's our future. I haven't spoken with anybody, but I think that's where this thing, when the dust settles, that's where we're going to be. With about 50 to 55 teams, half of them in the Big Ten, and half of them in the SEC. If we're simplifying it, I think AFC, NFC, and the NFL. Saturdays, you're going to have three divisions, the West, the Middle, East, or South. And that's what it's going to be. I think there's going to be some very tough decisions because it's going to keep a lot of teams that want to be a part of this future, and they're not going to be invited. That So it's going to be more of the haves or the have-nots in college athletics. That was one of the big quotes that Kirk had yesterday about UCLA and USC moving uh, to the Big Ten. Lars, I'd like for you to start there. Nebraska, your school, you covered the Big Ten for many years. What Kirk says now, he thinks it's going to be just two power conferences, 50 to 55 teams. We've talked 64 with four 16-team conferences. This even narrows the number of teams and narrows the amount of opportunities for colleges to be a part of the top level of college football. Yeah, I, I think uh, as usual, Herb Street is is spot on. I think that is eventually where we are headed. It's two, and I think the model of the playoff system will uh, resemble what we have in the NFL. Uh, and 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 Kurt made reference to that. But I, look, I, I was thinking about this yesterday after the show. But how how did we get here? And, and I go back to January. Right. When uh, it it seemed it was a foregone conclusion that we were going to have a 12 team, six automatic bid college football playoff system. Who blocked that? It was the Pac-12 and the ACC. Why did they block that? Because they were angry at the SEC for taking in Oklahoma and Texas. And that decision to block that playoff system may go down as just the worst decision in the history of college athletics, because look, when, because that would have given them access, right? The ACC and the PAC 12 gives them access to a chance, to a chance to compete for a championship. And that's a huge role in, in recruiting. 
Uh, it's why in basketball, uh, the Gonzagas of the world uh, can produce NBA lottery picks and make runs to, uh, to compete for a national championship. And also, it, you can generate the postseason revenue. But then, you know, the Big Ten raids, uh, I'm sorry, the, the SEC raided the, 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 um, the, uh, 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 the Big 12. Big 12. That, that angered, again, the, 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 the power brokers. Uh, and, and even the, the Pac-12 commissioner at the time, just like a week before the vote, said he was in favor of it. And so now, uh, <laughs> look, I, the Pac-12 has been in business since 1913. They could be out of business by 2024 because look, there's multiple reports yesterday that the, all, every single one of the 10 remaining Pac-12 teams are in discussions with uh, the Big Ten or the Big 12 or even the ACC of trying to get the heck out of Dodge, trying to get the heck out of the Pac-12 because they know it's a sinking ship. And I, I could go on and on, but I really do think a lot of this goes back to that decision in January to block that playoff uh, system, which was created by Greg Sankey, right? And I think a, a lot of the these actions were directed right at Greg Sankey because they are angry at the SEC. I wonder aloud if uh, – oh, by the way, and I've seen this on many reports, what happened to that alliance thing, okay? You remember the thing with the ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12? Big, yeah, the Big Ten stabbed them in the back. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. so to the SEC. Yeah. So to the SEC. Although I think the SEC uh, did so before they made this alliance. And, and a, don't you think that maybe Oklahoma and Texas is joining the SEC probably caused that response? Uh, we got to have an alliance, but the alliance is gone. UCLA and USC are gone. And I would ask you this, Jay, because uh, Lars just mentioned this, um, what the other schools are going to do. Well, here, here's the big deal. They got to be invited. You, know, you can't just say, show up at the prom, you know, stag, and say, hey, I'm here, dance. Uh, who's left in the uh, Pac-12 that, that is of great value? And I'll lead it off with Oregon. Washington, Washington, yeah, uh, I mean, Washington I, State probably. I would say is, is I think valuable. Arizona, Arizona State, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I, I think everybody, and I, I mentioned the I use the uh, metaphor of uh, musical chairs, and uh, people want to have a spot. And, and look, I, I don't think the ACC is necessarily in trouble as as in, in on, on the same timeline as the Pac-12, but they just they don't have the, the the money that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be generating. I mean, look, the UCLA and USC are going to be making fifty million dollars more than they would have if they had stayed in the Pac-12 because of television money and television contracts. And uh, it, it's the, the playing field simply is not going to be level. And so um, I, I just I, I really think that Kirk Herbstreet is, is spot on where it was not going to be uh, eventually, you know, four conferences. I, I think it's going to be two and the rest are going to be left out. And as Jay has sort of 
talked about in the past, it's almost like there'll be a whole different sort of a, a football subdivision. And, and, and that's fine too. You know, they'll, they'll have their own national titles that they can compete for, but um, I, it looks like this is the direction certainly that we are heading. They probably have already been in contact yeah, it does. And I, in the last 24 hours. I would think they would really be in contact. Jay, as we get ready to go to break, if I'm Clemson, I'm on the phone with Sankey right now. We want in. Please, please, please let the Clemson Tigers be the third Tiger team in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, with, with the money and their, you know, their recent history in uh, college football, uh, don't, Jay, don't you think Clemson would want to be here in a second? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's, you know, you look at Clemson, you look at Florida State, you look at North Carolina, you look at North Carolina State, uh, you look at Miami. I mean, there's a lot of schools that would love to jump into the SEC Georgia Tech. I'm not sure if they're enough powerful of a school now. They, you know, they were part of the SEC at one point in time, but you bring kind of back that SEC rivalry between them and, you know, with the Georgia Bulldogs and make that even a bigger rivalry. So there, there's a lot of schools that would love to be a part of this. And now, Everybody's going to be jumping. When Kirk Herbstreit says, I haven't talked to anybody, I don't know. Okay, give me a break. He, I mean, he's talking to somebody. He, he's he's very connected <laughs> to some of the higher-ups, and especially with ESPN, he's probably making most of these decisions. We've been hearing about them wanting to move to more of a pro-style approach when it comes to the playoffs, getting to a – whether it be eight, now they're talking to you – know, they already moved to a 12-team. We went from, what, four to 12 very, very quickly in the discussion. So a lot going on, but uh, we got Matt Pincus, Matt, coming up next from Ohio State. That's going to be a good conversation with him to get his thoughts on this. Yeah, he's a Big Ten guy, so better to ask. Uh, also, uh, Alex Bauman, our broadcast, UAB broadcast student, has compiled a list of bubble teams. Later in the show, I'm going to throw them at you two guys and say, if it goes to 50, who's in, who's out? This is the Jay Barker Show. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, audio video excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic 
traffic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Well, I started out down a dirty road. Big news broke. Almost exactly at this time, yesterday, when we were on the air, the Jay Barker Show with Bart, Jay, that USC and UCLA were bolting, leaving the Pac-12 and headed to the home of our uh, of our next desk, Lars. Matt, when I wrote uh, okay. the, the Proving Ground, and uh, season on the fringe in NFL Europe, and Matt now is lives in Columbus. Uh, is involved still with Columbus Athletics. Has a different sort of a hand in different businesses as well. And every time we talk to you, Matt, you're always on a beach. Are you on a beach right now? <laughs> I am not. You guys caught me in the great state of Ohio this time. I know it's probably one out of ten, but you guys got me at home. 
<laughs> All right, good deal. Um, yeah, just your reaction to the news yesterday. We, we've been trying to break down this thing from every possible angle. Uh, does this basically mean that we are headed to, and this is what your friend Kirk Herbstreet mentioned, uh, I think, yesterday or early this morning, that he thinks we're basically heading to two super conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, just your analysis of what, what happened yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I'm kind of more of the four super conference uh, crowd. I don't know if it will go to two. I mean, maybe eventually. Um, but, I mean, I think everyone was kind of shocked a little bit yesterday because while everyone knew the Big Ten was kind of actively seeking expansion, I think a lot of people were looking at them trying to really court Notre Dame, which makes sense geographically. Um, also looking at, uh, you know, maybe a West Virginia geographically. Um, was surprised to see Cincinnati bolt with Houston and those guys to the Big 12 uh, last year. But um, I don't think anyone really saw this coming. I mean, obviously the dollars make sense um, from a standpoint of the L.A. TV market. And I know the Big Ten is in negotiations of that secondary TV contract um, with the ESPN right now. And then that's going to help it out quite a bit. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, I guess the, the real thing is how much does, you know, you know, attendance and, and away games and all that kind of stuff really matter right now when all the dollars are coming from TV dollars. You know, it's not really based on attendance and, and maybe a little bit of merchandising. But, um, you know, all in all, yeah, there's some logistical issues with travel, but, man, you're bringing two quality programs into the Big Ten. Um, I see them going in and just dropping them right into the West, maybe moving, you know, like at Indiana or uh, Purdue or someone else from the West over to the East since the East is – so top heavy with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, um, and the West really doesn't have a whole lot of uh, fight as, when they come into the Big Ten championship game. I mean, we had Northwestern with like four losses coming in a couple of years ago. So I think you drop those two teams into the West, and, and, it, and it strengthens the league, and um, you know, in multiple ways, basketball programs, you know, other sports as well. I mean, both these are long story programs. Surprised that it that it happened though, but uh, but you know, I think it's a good move for the Big Ten. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, especially with those two types of names. I mean, the, the one issue that we talked about a little bit is UCLA and Cal, they're part of the state system. There's a lot of issues there dealing with the state legislators and how if they allow a move like this to happen. I know the grants were not um, were not were not signed uh, as they probably should have been signed a year ago or more. And a lot of that probably with the lack of a, uh, leadership at the commissioner uh, side of it for the Pac-12 for both of those teams, but also travel restrictions based on what some legislation happened back in, I think, 2015, dealing with, uh, uh, let's just say, social issues uh, through different states yeah. and different laws that they did not want to permit their athletes to go into. So uh, a, a lot of legal and a lot of other issues outside of just the sports and, and, and on the peripheral that they've got to really overcome. Yeah, but, I mean, again, you're talking about universities with legal teams that are going to probably figure out a way around that. Uh, considering the dollars that are going to be coming into them, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that the the Pac-12 is going to maybe really flex and try to to, to, to keep them in there, uh, you know, w without kind of a legal leg to stand on. So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this. I, I don't see that as a hurdle. I see that as maybe an obstacle that they're going to work out. I don't think it'll be a, a, a real issue. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of those things. Has anyone ever tried to fight them or enforce them? I mean, how enforceable are are, are some of those? Um, you know, things that they put out about travel of, of state institutions and things like that. So um, I, I think the real question is, you know, of the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, who's going to, you know, which one of those is going to survive? 
And, and I think that's going to be the real interesting thing. You know, the SEC, can they absorb, you know, some of the ACC? Pac-12 geographically is kind of out in no man land, even though they still have some marquee teams in, in Washington and Oregon. But, you know, how is the, the, the tertiary now the conference is really going to shake out, and where does Notre Dame go? Matt, it's Matt Coulter back in the studios here. Uh, first of all, I, I guess our address or something got lost, and we're still waiting on our coffee, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell Lars actually give me your address, and I will send the coffee down. Don't detect it to me, and I got you guys taken care of. <laughs> On a, on a more serious note, and back to our topic, do the kind of mid to lower range teams in the Big Ten have anything to worry about? I mean, nothing more than they had before. I think that that uh, you know they're what they need to worry about. Those mid to, to, to small, you know, to, to underperforming teams need to start spending the money that they're getting from these Big Ten TV contracts. You know, upgrading coaching. I think you're seeing Indiana do that. Coaches and facilities. I think you're seeing um, Purdue do that with coaches and facilities. Iowa really uh, doing that with with facilities. Um, so I think that's the main thing. Um, you know, I was talking earlier this morning on another uh, another network about you know where does Notre Dame fit in? Would they come into the Big Ten and be kind of a mid tier team, just like kind of what happened with Missouri in the SEC? Missouri was you know had some really good years there in the Big Twelve, jump over in the SEC, and really haven't been heard from since because the SEC is so talented in football, I see, you know, maybe the Notre Dame heading over to the ACC, and that way, you know, they've kind of got a little bit of a, a, a shorter trip to the top there. But I think, yeah, the lower-level uh, football teams and basketball programs and, and other sports programs in the Big Ten, I think this just adds more to the to the pot for them. I mean, you're talking L.A. TV money, and that's going to sweeten the entire deal, and this is just more dollars that they're going to be able to invest in these programs. Okay, Matt, two, two questions for you. One, how long will it take for Lincoln Riley to complain about all these cross-country trips that USC is going to be taking? And two, how does a team like USC and UCLA compete in November, late November in Columbus, Ohio in a snowstorm? Well, yeah, that's, a, that's been kind of the million-dollar question around college football, whether you're talking – um, you know, SEC teams or, you know, or, or Pac-12 teams a lot of times uh, from Southern California. How do you deal with uh, with football weather, quote unquote? And um, I mean, I think the travel is going to be be one thing for them to deal with. Although, I mean, you know, going from L.A. up to up to Seattle is in a, you know, I mean, that's that's a pretty, pretty long journey as well. Um, I think the more interesting thing to think about when you're talking about these schools is where they fall in with NIL money, because, I mean, that's the real elephant in the room right now for every college program. And, yeah, they're in L.A., they're in these huge markets, but how much of, of that city and that alumni base there is really invested in those in those programs from a donor perspective and, and really feeding these NIL uh, agreements to these players? So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Lincoln Riley is a, is a notorious complainer. I Absolutely, but he also just, you know, handled the transfer portal pretty well and has been handling the transfer portal pretty well. So, um, I, you know, I don't put much stock in that. I think, you know, everyone's going to have their, their, you know, I mean, when I played for the Jets, our worst time was going down to play Miami in November and December. Because, I mean, you go from cold weather to hot weather, that's, that's worse than going from hot weather to cold weather, in my opinion. 
Matt, I really appreciated Ryan Day's comments about, uh, it must be about maybe six weeks ago now when he was talking to business leaders in Columbus and he laid out specifically exactly how much money uh, they thought it was going to take in, in NIL money to, uh, to be competitive for a national championship. And I think uh, he said essentially $550,000 for each of the top 26 players. And so for a total of something like $14 million, but I would even say that that's probably, that number's probably gone up since Ryan made those comments, given that, you know, yeah. what, what Texas is giving out, what Texas A&M. I mean, is there ever, is there, when is the, what is the uh, ceiling going to be on this, this massive amounts of money that is being given out? And, you know, I, and I believe Ohio State, uh, being in Columbus, Columbus is the biggest city in the Big Ten Conference, I believe. And so I, so Ohio well, I mean, Chicago State should technically, be able, but. But yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, just where are we going here with NIL? Man, I mean, that's a great question. And, and I wish that I had a good answer. And I think that you're right that this is going to escalate to a point till they get it to, to some kind of regulation. Um, you know, I mean, when you're talking about giving kids, um, you know, I mean, the reports of the kid that, that's going to Miami is getting nine and a half million dollars in NIL money. Now he's denying it. And everyone is denying it and all these different things. I mean, you know, you go back to Quinn Ewers and, and the million-dollar deal or the three-point-whatever-million-dollar deal that he was getting um, fresh out of high school. I just don't see these things being sustainable. Um, I'm all for kids getting getting fair market value for if you want to do a TV commercial for a car dealership or some other local business or you want to do um, autograph signings and, and there's fair market value there. But I think that there's got to be something – put in place here pretty soon. And I don't know who does this. I don't know if the if the major five conferences get together and try to regulate this on their own. I, I mean, the NCAA, we know, doesn't have the teeth to do anything with this. Um, but I think that there's got to be some kind of regulation as to, as to what this really looks like. Or you're just, I mean, you're not only destroying the game, but you're really giving these kids a false outlook on life, more than anything else. Because, I mean, you're giving a high school kid $9.5 million who's probably not worth $9.5 million. I mean, and what, you know, exactly what are you teaching these kids and, and what, you know, how to, how to actually succeed once they're done with football? Because that isn't real. That's not a really realistic, you know, stance on your future going forward. So I think that there's got to be something that comes up. I think, you know, I think Ryan's got a good grasp on what's going on here at Ohio State. And I think he's trying to navigate the system as you know as ethically and as well as we possibly can under the basically no rules uh, system you know i agree with what nick says there in alabama about a lot of the stuff and i mean you look at, at these institutions buying players and i mean the, the kid from jackson state that Deion sanders was all up in arms about i mean i own two coffee shops that kid there's no way i've got a million dollars in a marketing budget to give anybody so <laughs> for a coffee company to come to him and give him a million dollars in an NIL deal is absolutely ludicrous. That's just money laundering, basically. And I think that's where it's going to really come down to is, you know, when these institutions, um, when, the, when the taxes started getting involved, when the IRS starts getting involved, and you start taking a hard look at what's going on, because, I mean, the business is giving a million dollars in marketing money whose, you know, total yearly budget is two-point-something million. The IRS is going to look at that and say, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. Let's audit your books. Let's look at this. Let's see what you're doing here. So I think there's a long way to go in NIL. 
I think that it's got to come back to earth sometime soon. And hopefully it will. And hopefully it will get regulated to a point where these kids can make some money. They can get their fair market value for, for what they're putting out there. But just the, the ludicrous numbers that are going around for kids who've done nothing is got to stop. Matt Java Pinkus, our guest on the Jay Barker Show. <laughs> Thank you, Matty. Great stuff. Thanks, Absolutely, Matt. Absolutely, guys. Yep. Thanks, you guys Matt. have a good one. Uh, sure. As I think you folks know, Lars has a great relationship with Matt. And goes all the way back to NFL Europe. But I got to tell you guys, he's like top two, top three. Uh, our guest is very intelligent, insightful, and articulate. Uh, and I guess that's why I like him. He's everything I'm not. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. Today's high 89, the low tonight 71. Very similar weather tomorrow, partly sunny with scattered showers and storms by afternoon, the high 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on the Jay Barker Show. Lars Anderson, Jay Barker, myself in the studio, the palatial studios of ABX. No uh, window washers or painters today. All right. Uh, Alex has uh, drawn up a list of teams if it comes down to 50. Okay, we got two super conferences of 25 teams each, however they work it. He's going to read the name of a school, and Jay, you and Lars say yay or nay whether or not they'd make the cut. You ready, Alex? On your yep. mark, get set, go. All right, from the Pac-12, Oregon State. Nay. Okay. <laughs> Going to the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten, I, I, I'll probably, uh, if you're going to bring Oregon, I, I would bring Oregon State, yes. Okay. Uh, Washington State. Yes. Yes. Colorado. Absolutely. Absolutely. Denver. Arizona. Dog. Who? Yes. Arizona. Arizona, absolutely. Texas Tech. Yes. Yes. TCU. Yes. Uh, I'm a kind of maybe guy there. Kansas. Yes. Yes. Kansas State. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we may have a difficulty trimming this to 50. Y'all just, y'all just uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all expanded it to 80 teams now. That's uh, right. Big well, the thing is, what, what, are, what are the criteria? Because we can't base it on, right. you know, just what their records are have been in the last five years. It's sort of fan base. It's uh, television footprint. I know Kansas has been awful, but Kansas has a really rich history. Kansas, you know, basketball. Kansas basketball, Gale Sayers. I mean, they're, they're, and they have a big fan base. Yeah. 
Here, here's my game, Lars. For goodness' sakes, I'm gonna run through my west and my east real quick. We got a little bit of time. This is if we had 20 yep. teams in the SEC, and I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, Vandy is out. All right, so west, you got Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, Alabama, Missouri. LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. And in the East, you got Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Kentucky, Florida State, South Carolina, and the Auburn Tigers. I like it. Vandy's out. <laughs> Collective GPA of the conference is going to go down, but I still like it. That's like yeah. what happens when you walk into a room, Lars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, fun first hour, good first hour. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. And uh, see, I, I just, I just speared him twice in sixty seconds, and I apologize, Lars. I love you. I love you. All good. Back with more of the Jay Barker Show. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces of all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. A great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. It's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 
800-242-6269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner, and you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. 
Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. In the second hour, you heard the cat, Jay, Lars, in studio, trying to kind of hold things down here. I'm Matt Coulter, along with our intern, Alex Bauman. And, Jay, do you think tomorrow afternoon, before I start taking in evening fireworks, it's going to be like three days long? <laughs> Top golf would be the way to take the family, enjoy the 4th, celebrate Independence Day, have some barbecue and hit some golf balls. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, just a great uh, place to go, Noy, for that kind of fun. Like we, we talked about the tailgating before and after the USFL games. You can also uh, get out there and watch the uh, the uh, championships coming up this weekend. So, uh, the championship game with with the Birmingham Stallions. So, uh, look forward to seeing how if they can pull off the uh, you know the USFL back at it. Uh, since the night to mid 1980s, uh, their first year looks like they're going to get a second year as well, and uh, we're pulling for all those guys there for the Birmingham Stallion. So you can be out there at Top Golf and enjoy that. We call it the bowling of this generation. A lot of fun for you, your family, coworkers as well. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Jay, I have a question Ford. for you, Jay. Real quick, question for Jay. Um, okay, you're you're good friends with Dabo Sweeney and let's say that Dabo Sweeney, you know, he reads the news yesterday of uh, the big 10 expansion and he meets this morning with Dan Redcoat, Red, 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 Redkovich, uh, the athletic director at Clemson. What do you think Dabo Sweeney would say to his AD this morning? Should we be looking at the SEC? Should we be looking to uh, figure out a way to be a part, be a part of this? Because especially if Kirk's coming out saying this, I mean, and and, and Kirk, you know, his sons played for Dabo and and was there at Clemson, and so there's got to be some little bit of contact there, a little bit of talk, I, I would think, between them, whether it's on text or on phone calls. Um, you got to be thinking proactively because everybody else is. I was going to ask Finkus this, we said didn't have time, but I, I really do wonder how much. Uh, um, Lincoln Riley, how much his decision to go to USC was based on the fact of knowing that they were going to move to the Big Ten, knowing that that the Big 12 may end up being obsolete, uh, that the Pac-12 may would be obsolete, but that they would be moving into the Big Ten, that that agreement was already behind closed doors being made. I, I got to think that that was probably discussed and probably one of the biggest reasons why he decided to move to USC. Absolutely. There's no way that this just came about in, you know, uh, two days or anything. This is it's got to be, you know, weeks, if not months in, in the making uh, just because of, you know, the, the, the complexity of it and, uh, and, and, and the impact that it's going to have. And and look, like I said, this is a great move for both USC and UCLA because, now you are aligned with, with one of the uh, two main conferences. And, you know, when it comes, I, I, I had talked about 
what happened in January being a, a sort of a, a triggering event. And that was when the uh, the, the Big 12 and, and the ACC and um, and uh, the, the Pac-12 sort of cha- did an about face on playoff expansion. And you know what? When the current playoff format is, uh, it runs its course, and I think that is in 2025, you know what? You know who's going to make the decision of what the playoff is going to look like? It's going to be two conferences because they got all the power. It's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you want to be a part of those two conferences. There's no question. I mean, I don't think, like I said, that as of right now, the ACC is in any imminent danger of, of folding. But certainly the Pac-12 is, and, and the Pac-12 uh, launched in, in 1913. Uh, and, um, you know, it could be extinct by, by 2024. And um, it's, uh, I think, and it, like I said in the first hour, it's been widely reported that every single school in the Pac-12, every single remaining school, all 10 of them, are looking to get out. And, um, you know, I think the... The, the, the ideal place for, for most of them would be either the SEC or the Big Ten, but if not, then it would be the Big 12. Guys, I want Lincoln Riley to pick my lottery numbers because you want to talk about somebody that has absolutely struck it rich. He goes to a huge market. He goes to USC, all kinds of money. He gets Caleb Williams to come with him. And now the NIL, oh, that falls in his lap. Well, he's got all the money. He's got all the players. He's got the television market. He's got all the auto dealerships. And now this. And, Lars, I agree with you. Do you think they were talking about this when he was still at Oklahoma and they were they were wooing him? Absolutely. And you forgot his house. Remember, we, we did a whole, like, show oh, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. on, oh, on this house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lincoln Riley is the big winner right now in, in all of college football. Um, but um, it, it, and look, because of the transfer portal, because of NIL, I think he can make USC into a national co- title contender, maybe even as soon as this year. If Caleb Williams develops and, and plays and Caleb Williams plays the way he did in, you know, about, about half of his starts at Oklahoma, now he struggled. You know, people wanted to have him be a Heisman Trophy candidate just after two games. Uh, but but if he plays the way he did, like against Texas last year, um, USC could really quickly rise and, and become a force on on the on the national scene. It's a great point. Uh, if you were to get to that twenty teams in the SEC, and I kind of named my my two conferences, West and East. What, what are some other teams from the West that you would look at if you had to get to a, a – uh, I, I guess it would be 12 on each side to get to 24 uh, teams uh, in the SEC to get to that 55 or 50 almost number that, that Kirk Herbstreit has talked about with two super conferences. Would Houston be another team that you'd look at from the West for the SEC? Would, uh, would Texas Tech then come – would that be more of a, of a discussion for them? Who would come from the East? Would it be Virginia and Virginia Tech? Uh, to keep a rivalry as well as you know two really great programs and, and a great TV market, I think Virginia Tech is definitely a team to keep an eye on. I mean, everybody's mentioning Clemson and Florida State, uh, but I think Virginia Tech and and yeah, because Texas now is in the SEC. Do you want to add another Texas school? That would certainly make a lot of sense. 
Um, and would you want to go after uh, a Texas Tech or, or a TCU? Probably a Texas Tech. Um, and it, it's going to be, you know, fascinating to watch um, as these schools uh, uh, just clamor to uh, to uh, sort of, you know, make themselves as appealing as possible to both the SEC and the Big Ten. Because, Matt, you made a, a great point. It's not like you can just go – knock on the door and say, let me into the conference. You have to be invited into the conference. And certainly uh, USC and, and UCLA had so much to offer uh, in terms of a television market and, um, and just what they brought to the table, both in uh, history, tradition of their programs. And again, not just football, but basketball as well. And I got a barking yesterday dog here. Yeah, we had painters yesterday. Today it's canines. Um, I don't know that the SEC can really go, and I'm. this is not just geographically. It's just for the sake of the conversation. I don't know that they can go west and pick up much more. Uh, I, I think, like you guys have just said, Virginia Tech. Uh, what about North Carolina? I, I, I think the SEC and Clemson ought to come to an agreement as soon as they can. Uh, then you got Florida State. Uh, nobody that I know that loves the SEC really wants to entertain the idea of having Miami here. But I think you have to consider them, Jay. Would you, uh, just straight up, would you like the Hurricanes to be in the Southeastern Conference? Oh, I missed, I missed a text. Uh, um, right. Hey, no, I'll take that one on. Um, yeah, I, I think you would. You know, um, I, I know that... Uh, you know, the reputation isn't the greatest, but you also look at just what they would bring in terms of uh, uh, excellence on the football field. And as we've talked about, Matt, NIL is going to benefit the Miami Hurricanes probably as much as any team in the country, uh, given the fact that uh, sort of all the money that is there in Miami. And uh, uh, yeah, and so I, I think I think Miami would be. Uh, an attractive team to the SEC, and again, but but what would be the cap of of number of teams in both, say, the SEC and and the Big Ten? If we do go down this path where there's only two conferences, would it be, you know, thirty? I mean, I, I think is that the number that Herb Street mentioned? 30, 30 teams in each conference. He said so you, fifty to fifty-five. I think. Yeah, so we're right yeah, around in there. Sorry, Jay. I say I don't think that number works because you don't want to have two. I mean, two divisions, whether it's fifty teams, twenty-five and twenty-five, or or you know what I'm saying. I mean, like I, I think you want to keep it between what I mean, probably sixty teams that would be probably the best, or sixty-four teams. You got to keep it even to where you can keep both sides of the conference with even amount of teams. And here's another one. If you have that many teams, how do you schedule? Do you have an 8, 10, 5? I mean, oh, my goodness. Uh, and if you're going to try and play your rivalry or a team in your conference every three or four years with that many teams, it just flat out isn't happening. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show. Matt Coulter here at AVX and our wonderful studios here. Also got Lars Anderson and, uh, of course, Jay Barker, namesake of the show, is online as well. Uh, when we come back, jump into the USFL for a minute because 
I have a uh, I have a Vegas question for Lars Anderson. This is the Jay Barker Show. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. Today's high 89, the low tonight 71. Very similar weather tomorrow. Partly sunny with scattered showers and storms by afternoon. The high 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Jay Parker Show. It's Matt, Mars, Jay. Hell, hell, the gang's all here. Hey, guess what happens this Sunday? Uh, most everybody here listening to the show uh, and keeping up with uh, football on any level uh, knows that the Stallions are playing the Stars for the newly found USFL Championship. Lars, I'm going to bring this at you because you have made no bones about it. You don't mind putting a dollar out there, right? That that is correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir. The mute the mute uh, button hits me all the time. Sorry about that. So, uh, hey, uh, it's live, and we're spinning a few plates. All right. Uh, have you looked? Do you know the line on this game, Lars? As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> it is uh, okay. four, uh, uh, the stallions. Stallions are favored over the stars by four and a half. Last I looked, and okay. um, and. And, and, and as we know, the, these two teams uh, met in week five. It was a real close game. Uh, Stars actually led at halftime by three, uh, but Stallions came back and won 31-17. Uh, the Stars have um, led the USFL in points per game at 26.2, but they've also allowed the most points per game at 24.3. And... Um, Matt, I'll let you sort of break down the Stallions. It, it seems to me that, that really this is a, a defensive first team, uh, do well on special teams, do the little things very well. And uh, I think that's a reflection, also obviously, the coaching staff. But but what's your, your breakdown of this championship game, which uh, kicks off on uh, Fox on Sunday night at uh, 630? Uh, the last game. Uh, against the Breakers. They scored on a pick six, and uh, then Victor Bolton Jr. took one of the house 90 yards on a kickoff. Uh, the Stallions went, and you just said, they went on special teams and they went on defense. And what's really impressed me, as I've said before, is how they adjusted the half. I think they've trailed half their games at halftime, but they make great adjustments defensively. And then, Jay... I'll kind of hand the ball off to you here. They just kind of hang on offensively. Uh, I, I'm glad they picked up Bo. Uh, Bolden is is a threat, but uh, are they a little bit like the 92 team? No, no offense to the quarterback here. You're much better quarterback than either one of those guys. But 
Does uh, Holtz play back to field position in defense? But most definitely. I, I mean, I, I think if you look at Bo, what he's done since he got there, uh, the former Alabama running back, third in the USFL with 58.7 rushing yards per game at 4.2 yards per attempt. And um, then you got C.J. Marble is eighth in the league, for one rushing yards, third with five scores in the ground. Tony Brooks-James been the most efficient of the group at 5.7 yards per attempt. And so you look at that, and then really, I think it's red zone defense turnovers. I think that's one of the areas where uh, there's been a little bit of back and forth for Birmingham. And really on the turnover issue, uh, that's where the Stars have been really good this year. Uh, they have a plus eight, uh, I think, lead leading plus eight differential. Uh, they have 13 interceptions. Uh, the Stallions are plus one on the season when they lost to Houston. Uh, they're only lost the season so far. With uh, they had their turnover battle was one to zero, so they they lost uh, one uh, turnover in that game, which really was costly for them. Birmingham have struggled in the red zone and, and did not come up with a touchdown in three trips against Houston. So uh, I guess you know you're gonna watch out for Jordan uh, Moore, their linebacker, and uh, some of the other defensive players that uh, the Stars got. But we'll see. I, I, I like Birmingham in this. I think Skip Holtz. This is I mean the annual. Uh, this year being played in Birmingham would uh, be a great way to kind of seal it off with Birmingham actually winning the championship and being the, the USFL stars. We've seen the other leagues like the AFA or AF back in 2019, the XFL 2020, uh, they failed to complete their seasons. And uh, now the USFL has a chance to have a championship game. And being in Canton, Ohio, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the Stallions hope that they can pull off a big victory. And, and Matt, we uh, we talked the other day about uh, TV ratings, and that uh, look the t- the executives at the networks are thrilled with what what they have uh, achieved, and and I know they even got a, a nice spike in ratings uh, last week in the, for the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I believe the average was about uh, nine hundred thousand uh, watching at, at at one time, which is a really good number. I mean, in comparison to like hockey, right? I think it, it beats the NHL uh, finals. Um, so, but just can you get, kind of recap again, just your your thoughts on on whether or not this year can be considered a, a success for uh, the USFL? I, I would give it an A um, because it's a TV league. It's an NBC and a Fox investment, as you just mentioned. They're winning the ratings war. That's what they want. They it, It's not necessarily that they get huge ratings. They just want to beat everybody else, which, by the way, it's kind of the way the Stallions play, now that I think about it. Here's a little bit of a detour on this subject. Uh, and I know you guys have noticed this, but ESPN acts like the USFL is on Mars. <laughs> I've never seen a story. Have y'all seen a story on ESPN, much less a score? No, all I hear, all I see in ESPN is talking about the Lakers and uh, whether or not, <laughs> you know, they, they talk about the, the, the worst team in the NBA. It seems like every single day they're talking about the Lakers. It drives me insane. I, can, I have to change. I mean, I, I'd rather watch, uh, you know, uh, get my sports information somewhere else because they're their obsession with the Lakers. Hey, this is not unusual. You remember when ESPN no longer had the rights to broadcast NASCAR? <laughs> NASCAR doesn't exist with ESPN anymore. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm for fair and equal treatment, Jay, but it, it doesn't appear to me that ESPN is going to carry and cover what they want to 
as opposed to what I think viewers want. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, they're looking for ratings. They're looking to push people to uh, UFC, to MMA, to all the different sports they're covering and and, and that they're going to be broadcasting. So uh, I get it from the business standpoint of it, but this is important. I mean, this is a brand new league again. Um, USFL, and I say brand new, comes back after the mid-80s, but you know, this is one of those opportunities. And, and really, you know, we were expecting a lot of different things in the USFL this year with some of the new rule changes and things that they could do. I wonder how many of those type of trick plays we'll see maybe in the finals that they saved uh, throughout the year uh, in the championship game. Or, or will both of these teams kind of stick close to the chest as they have throughout the season, especially Birmingham with Skip Holtz running the football, playing uh, possession control, ball position, uh, field position, as well as ball control. So it's going to be fun to watch. Hopefully Birmingham comes away with a big win and, we're, we're proud of Skip Holtz and all the guys, proud of both Scarborough, and hopefully we'll have a chance to get them on after they win it all. It, it, you know, and also, these guys are making pretty good money. They, they really are. If, if you're on the uh, active roster, you're getting 4500 per game. Uh, that ends up being 45000 And then uh, I believe it's a $1,000. Skip Holtz told us last week, I believe it's a $1,000 bonus or if you if you win a, a game. And so for basically, you know, uh, 13, 14 weeks, if you go back to training camp, you're making almost 50000 making about $50,000. It's it's not bad money. And, um, you know, it's it, it's kind of, a, like I said, a, it, it's a full-time job, but only for about three months. So, um, it, and, and I would anticipate that contracts will just, uh, will go up um, uh, and, I think uh, the the total number of payout, the total number of dollars spent on salary, uh, will it be about one point nine million, two million or so? So, I mean, from that perspective, from the money side of it, I, I think it's sort of a win win for for both because two million obviously is a pretty, it's it's pretty affordable to run the league, and I think they were able to do that in large part because of having it based in in one place, which uh, in Birmingham which obviously cuts down on your overhead. But it'll be interesting to see next year when it's not just in Birmingham and, and everybody will be in their in their home cities. And I, I actually think, Matt, that that will help grow the sport because there will be more visibility and, and you'll have these different cities be more invested uh, in their own teams because, you know, frankly, they're, they're going to see them play. I mean, and and when the Stallions played uh, in, in, uh, in Birmingham, you know, like 20, 25,000 people showed up. I, I think for the season opener when we were there, Matt, it was about 30. Uh, very loud crowd, and it was a good time. You know, I, I went to a, a few games with, with my kids and, and with you, Matt, and we always had a really good time. Oh, it's, it's fabulous entertainment. I mean, it's football in the South, too, which, uh, by the way, this is a lame question, but I'll ask you guys real quickly as we go to break. Will the ratings be higher in Birmingham or Philadelphia? Jay? Birmingham, the home of football, baby. <laughs> yeah, they will be higher in Birmingham. No question about that. You know, uh, it's been great. It's been a fun ride. But uh, just please win. Go win. Go fight. Win stallions. Giddy up. Uh, it, it would kind of almost be a, a real shame if you got this far and somehow the Stars managed to win. But we'll all see. As Laura said, it will be on Sunday night. Um, I guess, is it NBC? I'm sorry, Fox or NBC, Lars? You said just a minute ago. 
It's on uh, Fox. Uh, Kickoff at uh, okay. 7.30 Eastern, uh, 6.30, uh, 6.30 here in Birmingham. When we get back, we'll roll a couple of uh, games out at y'all. Uh, I know it's a month and a half away, but college football season's not that far away. I want to throw a couple of games at you guys when we get back on the Jay Barker Show. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. And Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's 
Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC. Letter O. You said you said something that was, the preparation was totally different, right? College, the coaches, staff, they get you ready, but in the NFL, you have to take it upon yourself to go that extra mile, yep. right? What does your preparation look like? Yeah, I would say it's it's pretty similar throughout throughout the week, um, day in and day out, but it, it's also unique because of the new coaching staff that we have mm-hmm. with how our days are going to look. Right. Um, Mondays after a game are normally the day you come in, you know, you, you watch film, you go over uh, the game, and then Tuesdays when you have an off day. But Tuesdays are normally the days you start preparing already for um, the following team. Yep. And then, you know, how, how you go about that, normal down and distances, you know, or when you come in for Wednesday, you got to know the coverages, what fronts you're going to be expecting. Um, a lot of those looks on normal down and distances. Then Thursday, more than likely going to be third down. Mm-hmm. So the night before, you got to study what it is. You know that they run third and third and one to two. Mm-hmm. You know what are their base uh, uh, calls? What what are their fronts? And then you know. Third and one to two, third and three to four, third and five to seven, third and eight to ten, then third and twelve plus. That's kind of how you break down, um, you know, going over film when you're watching it. And so, I don't know. There's 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 time that that you really have to invest in as a quarterback right. uh, playing in the NFL. Um, Whereas when these guys ask, you better have the question. Or you better have the answer uh, because they'll look at you and be like. Man, this guy doesn't. We're not ready. We're not ready for for this. Nah, man, it's definitely tough to be a quarterback, man. Because I I can remember some practices in our OTAs, man. Where like I didn't know the play. I was looking at you like, can you tell me the play? And he had to tell me the route. So that quarterback, you definitely got to know every route on Mm -hmm. the field. I, you know, I I would say the the thing I I don't want people to get twisted is, um, I am very humble, but. Don't don't let that you know kind of get in the way of of me not being confident in myself because I I'm here you go I'm very confident in my look, look in at the myself. camera and say that again oh I I I just did here we go <laughs> but but I'm I'm I'm, this, I'm saying it's a two of T that I like right here. Huh? <laughs> That's Tua, and that last fifteen seconds was Tua gold. And to him to a T. Jay, how much different was week to week practice and preparation 
from Alabama to the Packers. I know you didn't have to go to school, but he was going into great detail about down and distance, that kind of stuff. Did you do that kind of thing at Alabama? Because I, I know you had to in the NFL. Well, we did, we did more with Homer Smith. And I'm not sure what, the, what the, we got some noise from the studio there at the uh, Tide uh, with the uh, door shutting and stuff. But um, the just from the amount of time that you spent uh, really working through and looking at and, and then the information that they gave you uh, was just so good. Uh, Homer Smith was really good about that. He wanted to know everything about the tendencies of a defense and really about players. He wanted to watch certain players to get what kind of clues they might get to the, uh, the type of coverage they might be uh, heading into or the type of fronts they might be playing that we could run. Uh, we had, we always had the option in where I could check to it. If we saw the front that would run perfectly against it, we ran it against Auburn in 94, we ran it against LSU in 94. We ran it against um, a number of teams where we got some really big plays out of that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just more detail and, and just a lot more information. And you have a lot more people that are giving you information that you can look at. And the coaches there, I don't, I don't want to say that they're so much smarter, but they they just have more time with the players, they have more time to implement things. And they've got players that can pretty much run anything that you ask them to do. And, and now it's about just trying to find those little tidbits that might give you somewhat of an advantage. It's just such a chess match. That's why I love the game so much. You know, Tua also in that um, in, in that uh, podcast, he, he made an interesting point and one that I hadn't heard before. But uh, it was when I first got to Alabama, they're going through the fourth quarter uh, spring conditioning. And he goes out there the very first day and he, he saw Nick Saban supervising the drills and just running, 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 running. And that night he called his dad and he asked his dad if USC still had an offer for him because he was ready to go because he had not experienced anything like the fourth quarter program. Obviously he stuck it out, but just the fact that he was, you know, uh, just right after one day uh, kind of blown away by the the level of dedication and fitness it was going to require to play at Alabama, I, I found uh, very striking. And look, I, you, I, I get that all college football teams, uh, Jay, they, they emphasize conditioning. Is is it is it really is is Alabama at a different level or is it just that Tua wasn't used to this at the collegiate level? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that you know the fourth quarter program is really tough, very demanding, and when you come from high school, it, it's just you know, look, I, Coach Jack Wood. I got to say though, uh, back in, in my day, uh, I, I played both ways: the return punts, return kicks, punted. I did not kick off, so I, I was in a spent uh, every practice. Um, so it, it, practice to me was easier in college and a lot easier in the NFL uh, as as far as time-wise and as far as the way that, you know, having played both sides of the football uh, in high school. But, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think it's just the discipline and coming in and realizing that you know, there's going to be a lot this you're going to be pushed at a very high level and the competition level is in Alabama as well and the expectations. I mean, you, you're walking into a school, um, at, whether it's Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Texas, uh, Notre Dame, uh Penn State quarterback at, at those universities, you're you're uh, held to an, an unbelievable amount of accountability and probably probably too much expectations uh, for a 17 or 18 year old walking into that job. But uh, look, you accept it, you learn to deal with it, you grow with it, and now with all the social media and everything that those guys deal with on a on a weekly and daily basis, hourly, minute basis, uh, it's incredible and and the way they handle it. And I think Coach Saban does a great job of 
protecting his young players early on from the media. I think that's smart on his part, especially with social media now. But they get the training, they get the opportunity to get really comfortable before they ever step in front of the camera. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like the, the the limited access because I think that it benefited a lot of our, us former players where a lot of people in the state of Alabama and across the country got to know us on a personal level. And we especially got to know the journalists and the guys who covered us on a personal level a lot more than these guys do today. Uh, there's absolutely no question about it. You want to do a feature on somebody, it better be somebody that's uh, very visible because uh, you're not going to get in the back of the locker room and get a one-on-one with somebody unless Nick Saban okays it. That Hey, it's his ball. He plays. He wins national championship. Who am I to argue about that? All right, quickly, before we go to break, I mentioned college football week one. And I think I knew this. I'd like to say I knew this. But when I looked at it this morning, I went, really? Did y'all know that Cincinnati opens at Arkansas? I did not. Um, I did not. Yeah, there'll be uh, Cincinnati lost a ton of guys, right? They lost their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. They lost their their, their corner, uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, who was what, like a top five pick. Um, they lost a ton. But Luke Fickle's done such a great job. At uh, since, Is that at a neutral site, Matt? No, it's uh, – well, it underneath it says Cincinnati and then Arkansas on the bottom. So Arkansas is the home team, but I don't know. Uh, they – they could be playing elsewhere. I just assumed immediately it was available. By the way, the Hogs are favored by seven. Yeah. Yes, I'm a little surprised by that uh, as much as I am that, oh, really, the Bearcats and the Hogs are playing. You know, I think it'll be a good measuring stick for, for Arkansas and just see where they are. But like I said, uh, Cincinnati's really been uh, depleted uh, to due to uh, – uh, you know, players exhausting their eligibility, a couple of guys going early into the NFL draft um, and, uh, you know, breaking in a, a new quarterback. But uh, it's an intriguing game. No question about it. Uh, and we're not that far away. What are we like under 70 days till kickoff? Yeah. All right. Coming up, guys. Crazy. Hey, hey, hey. Alex is on deck. With his amazing antidotes. Is that what it is? Alex's amazing antidote? Groovy. We're right back on the Friday edition of the Jay Barker Show. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. Today's high 89, the low tonight 71. Very similar weather tomorrow. Partly sunny with scattered showers and storms by afternoon. The high 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Anderson and of course our host Jay Barker is online as well. But 
as we try and do every day, usually in the last segment, we bring in uh, Alex Bauman and uh, get some, probably some topics we hadn't talked about, certainly today, uh, and maybe some that are just kind of under the radar. What do you, what do you have today, Alex? Uh, minutes after Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2 dropped at 2 a.m. Central Time, uh, Netflix crashed. Because of an overload? Mm-hmm. Just... Uh, to put it into perspective, uh, Which the one? weekend that the Volume 1 dropped, uh, they had it in three okay. days, had 287 million viewers. 287 Ow- hours wow. of view. Hours. Do y'all watch that? Jay, do you watch Stranger Things? I have watched it before, and I've watched uh, the first episode of Stranger Things, a new season. Uh, watched a lot of the trailers and stuff, but I, I'm not a not a huge fan of it. But um, it's really amazing. I've watched the actors grow up and what they look like now compared to when they started. So I think that's been pretty cool to watch that and kind of their stardom as they've gone on. But it's it's a different type of deal. I mean, you got to kind of like a little bit of sci-fi. I'm not a big sci-fi guy, but um, but the storylines, the characters. Uh, really great acting as well in, in it, and uh, so I think that's what's made it so intriguing to a lot of, a lot of the population. Do you watch it, Lars? I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I know more about it now than I did 30 seconds ago. Do you watch it, Alex? I actually watched the volume two last night. So you're part of the problem. You know how long the last episode was? How long it was? I don't know, a minute, uh, an hour and 17, 17 minutes. Two hours and 22 minutes. And you watched the whole thing? I did. <sighs> These kids today. Uh, I did read that, like, one of the songs, the theme song, is like an eight, a 1985 song that barely made it onto the Billboard charts, and now it's threatening number one, and this female vocalist that sings the song is suddenly just being overwhelmed. Not, actually, that part of Stranger Things. I like. Yeah, because it's all in the 80s. Yeah, 70s and 80s. Uh, yep. Number two. Uh, Matt, or, Matt, uh, Matt, I'm not or, afraid to. I'm not afraid to admit that I watched Titanic last night. Okay, I just put it out there. <laughs> I can't last first time more than. <laughs> no, I, I actually went to the uh, season. I went to the uh, premiere of it in New York City, and uh, it makes I, me oh, want to pee. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I, I forgot how violent. It's a great. It is. I forgot how violent it is when the Titanic actually goes down. It is. Uh, it's incredible movie making. Yeah, and you can't tell me there wasn't enough room on the raft there for him to get up there. Did <laughs> she not just scoot over just a bit? <laughs> get out of my way! Uh, beat Costanza with the fire. Oh, uh, <laughs> let's move along. What, what, what do you have next there, Alex? Horrence Ford, or Charlotte Horrence Ford, Miles Bridges, was arrested on a felony domestic violence charge in Los Angeles. Uh, sources told TMZ a woman required medical attention after an argument with Bridges turned physical on Tuesday. And when police arrived at the scene, he was no longer there. He eventually turned himself in and has since been released on a $130,000 bail. Uh, his wife, Michelle Johnson, posted on Instagram yesterday, uh, that I hate that it has come to this, but I can't be silent anymore. I've allowed someone to destroy my home, abuse me in a way no, in a way uh, po- no way possible, and traumatize our kids for life. And she uh, attached photos as well uh, that detailed a fractured nose, a bloody ear, and bruises along her arm, back, and legs. 
Well, way to wrap the week up with a really uplifting story there, Alex. I got another uh, one. I don't even know who that is. Who is it? Uh, Miles Bridges. He plays for the Hornets. Oh. Hornets, um, yeah. Y'all know this guy? <laughs> no. I, 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 my first. My, sorry, go ahead, Jay. I've never heard of him. Go ahead. No, I, I, when I heard Bridges, I, I was thinking I was thinking about the actor from uh, Different Strokes. That's I was I too. Went to. <laughs> I was thinking about yeah. Yeah. Bo or Jeff or somebody. Was Todd Bridges? Yeah, Todd Bridges. Uh, no, that's a oh, highly that high, it's a highly disturbing story. No question about it. Do you have something else we can go out on? You know, with a bouquet of flowers or something? I do. Thank you. I mean, it's not. I guess it's not really good, but the cost of grow out this year has jumped up by nearly seventeen percent. The what? Cost to grow out this year jumped by seventeen percent. To grill out. That's actually above the national inflation rate. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. A friend of mine was at a, a very popular barbecue the other day. Uh, that's a great question, Alex. Ribs. Ribs. Uh. Lars, what will you be? What will be on your spit? Well, I'll be on an airplane on the 4th of July. But normally, I uh, do burgers, uh, corn on the cob on the grill, and uh, I'd love, uh, I'd love uh, just um, some beans as well. All-American. All-American. I love well-prepared potato salad. I just, you know, I'm throwing that out there. So good. Yeah, and uh, ribs, we, I, I always make hot dogs, I watermelon, Connecticut sausage. Yeah, Connecticut sausage. Yeah, I eat watermelon all the time. Dude. Will y'all make it a point to eat watermelon this weekend? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Are you a watermelon guy, Alex? Not really. Ah, oh. it's a good way to stay hydrated. The, oh, it's ninety percent water. Um, do y'all put uh, Lars? Do you put salt on your watermelon? No, my father did though. Uh, he put salt on on everything. He put salt in his beer, uh, but uh, I've yeah. I've seen people oh, do that. But... Uh, I got friends that put vodka uh, in yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever spiked a watermelon by cutting a little plug in it, and you just stick a bottle of vodka and let it drain all in there and let it sit for a while? And you... Is that, is that what you're talking about? Got friends that have. Do you salt your watermelon? Got friends that done it. Yeah. I have done it before, right. actually, but I, I don't. That, that's not normally how I like it. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, happy Fourth! I hope everybody has a great Independence Day weekend. Alex, thank you. Happy Fourth, you guys. Happy Fourth, everyone. You're listening to the J. Bar-